My allergies are jacked. Excuse me, I know that this is not what preachers are supposed to do, but ah! Man, I meet up with Jesus, guys. I love him. I love him, and I love being in his presence. Amen. So good. So good. Glad you guys are here today. Man, it's so good. How about, how about the celebration of, of Christ followers in baptism? Amen. Isn't it awesome? It's so, so good. And today, we want to continue in this series entitled Stay Woke. And for those of you that are not with us in the house, those of you watching online, thank you guys for for logging in and watching. Last week we had over 175 devices that registered during our, our work. Now that's, that's devices. That could be one person watching. That could be four. Somebody sends notes that, hey, there's a group of us that are watching today. So we, we love that. And thank you guys for, for tuning in. I know you tune in for the music. I get it. That's um, okay. I'm secure with that. But uh, so don't log out now because I believe God has a word for us. But, but thank you guys for watching. And if you're ever in the area and if you can make it here, I'm telling you, it's, it's better live and in person, isn't it, guys? Come on, somebody. We only have like six seats available, so you need to get here early next week. But uh, we're going to continue today in this idea of, of staying woke. Stay woke is, is a phrase and that oftentimes is thrown out. It means you need to stay awake. You need to be alert. You need to be aware of some things that are happening around you. And my, my concern is that for us as the church, for too long, too long, we've seen things happening around us. We might have even been aware of some things happening around us, but we've not done anything about the things happening around us. Are you with me today? We, we've been talking about how, how it's not enough just to have a belief about something that racism is wrong or that there should not be any starvation or poverty within our land. It's not enough just to believe, that, but it's a call to action. It's time for the church to wake up and to do something about what we Believe. In fact, I think somebody said something like this, that faith without works is, is dead. Now, I'm not saved by my works, but because I am saved, I work. Are you with me there? And it's not enough just to believe something. It is a call to action. Jesus didn't just talk a big game while he was here on earth. He actually demonstrated his love for us, and aren't you thankful for the love of the Father demonstrated through His Son, Christ Jesus? Last week we talked about how we also need to be aware, we need to stay alert, we need to stay woke that there is an enemy that is on the prowl. The Bible calls him a lion, and you know what lions do, right? They they devour. No one goes to Petland and say, "Hey, I want a lion just to cuddle with." No, lions devour. They devour, they eat things. And we talked about last week that we need to be aware that there is an enemy that is out to steal, kill, and destroy you. Hey, listen, Satan does not want to be your friend. He's out to bring you down, to destroy you. Now, he may make things look fun and make you feel good for a while, but I'm telling you, his ultimate goal is to see you brought down. Are you with me today? And that's what he's doing. So we need to be aware of that, that there's a roaring lion on the loose, an enemy that is out to destroy you. Well, today I want us to stay woke in some other area as well. And there, there is something that we need to stay alert to. We need to stay woke to, and that is the return of Jesus Christ. Y'all know that he's going to come back. 
that, that, that what we see happening around us in the world we live in, listen, it is not going to stay this way forever. That one day he will come and he's going to restore and put everything, make it right. Are you with me today? You know, every now and then someone comes along and they say that they know when this is going to happen. That they know the day of Christ's return. Don't ever believe that. Don't ever believe that. Because, you know, we look at the Bible, we, 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 we kind of just believe the Bible here at 1910. And, and when you look at God's word in Mark chapter 13, Jesus says that no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or the son himself. The son is who? Jesus. He doesn't even know. Only the father knows. And then here's the challenge for us in verse 33. And since you don't know when that time will come, when Christ will return, we need to be on guard. We need to stay alert. So we don't know when he's going to come. However, we can know the times and the seasons, the Bible says. But, but, but no one can know the exact time or the day when Jesus Christ is going to come back for his people. So, so with that, here's a question that, that, that some of you might be thinking, and you probably have thought this at some point in your life. Will he come soon? If we don't know, will, will it happen in my lifetime? How many of you have ever prayed, Lord, would you just, Lord, I would just, would you just come and, and, and in my lifetime? I don't want to have to see a physical death. I just, Lord, if you just want to come right now, it'd be all right, right? So a lot of us think that, and a lot of people say, When's he, when is this going to happen? Well, I don't know. No one can say with absolute certainty. But there are signs that would say that the return of Jesus Christ is getting close. Because I saw one on Interstate 35 a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> and some old redneck had paid thousands of dollars, and he put a billboard up and said, this is the date. And I love that they never really put their email address on those signs either. Because I, I, I would love to just kind of follow up with that sometime. But, but somebody's got it figured out, right? Because they put a, I, I wish they would have used that money to feed some hungry people in our nation instead. Of, anyway, that's, that's a different sermon for a different time, okay? But, but, but listen, the, the, no one knows, Scripture says. However, there are front pages of our newspapers and websites and we listen to television or radio programs that I believe do share some indicators, some signs that I believe indicate to us that the return of Christ is soon. You'll read headlines or you'll hear news stories along the lines of, of this. Iran threatens to annihilate Israel. Or you'll hear China builds up military. We'll, we'll hear reports about another school shooting kills 23. Or, or we'll see a, a, a something come across a ticker on the bottom of a television screen that says, Earthquake, many feared dead. These are signs of the times. Because they are the things that Jesus said that would happen in greater frequency prior to his return. You know, I began ministry, full-time Christian ministry in, in 1990, the fall of 1990. We moved to, to a small town up in the panhandle of, of Texas. Anybody from the panhandle of Texas? I, I, I'm talking Amarillo North. That's what I'm talking about. 
One of, the, one of the, the, the little foibles about growing up in ministry in the 90s is that, that I got to experience firsthand the, the rapture phase that swept in the church culture. Many of you maybe remember some of that, right? I mean, thanks to the popularity of Tim LaHaye's and Jerry Jenkins' Left Behind series, right? Many Christians became convinced that the return of Jesus Christ was imminent. In fact, I remember being told back that, 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 that he could come back any day now and, and that Jesus Christ would sweep all the good believers into heaven. He would leave behind the Democrats and the communists and the, and the atheists and they would be the ones that have to deal with plagues of locusts or, 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 or some other vaguely defined threat. But the problem was the years continued to tick by and, and there was no sounding, burr, 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 no trumpet. There, there were no lakes of blood. There was no semi-European antichrist that would destroy the world. I mean, if Jesus was planning to return, he, he sure was taking his sweet time about it. I, I remembered when the year 2000 took place. I was serving at a church in the Dallas Metroplex, and Pastor Howard and Ann, you guys might remember that. Y'all were there with us. And, and I remember gathering our students together at the church and we partied like it was 1999 because it was. And we were fearful that, that when midnight hit that we all were going to be doomed. We were just going to hold hands and go together. We were having a youth lock-in. You know in the Greek, youth lock-in means bad idea. But we were there. All those kids' parents were sleeping and having fun watching the ball drop with Dick Clark. You remember that? But there we were up there eating cold pizza and drinking Mountain Dew. And just know that we're all going to go together. When the clock struck midnight and we kind of opened our eyes and we were still there. But so many people have been waiting for this time. These, the, the, these days most Christians acknowledge that no one knows the date or the hour of Christ's return. But yet still we, this, this sense of impatience that was created by, by a, maybe a left behind movement. It, it's never really faded and people are still asking when's it going to happen. Believers today are pouring over scripture looking for clues to, 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 to Christ's reappearance. But Jesus himself told the disciples he, that, 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 that he would return, didn't he? So where is he? When's it going to happen? I just know we need to be alert and ready for that. We need to stay woke. I, I'm not going to give you a billboard. We're not going to plaster it up here on the front of the building when people drive down Sisterdale. But, but I just know that things seem to lead that direction. Are you with me today? And here's what I know about this second coming of Christ. That it will mark the end of this age with resounding and final punctuation. In fact, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, for the Lord himself, it says, will come down from heaven with a commanding shout. What kind of shout? A commanding shout. And with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. Hey, listen, you need to understand something. Jesus promises that he is coming back for you and me. He promises that. He's returning to, to make his lordship known over all the earth. Upon his return, he will destroy once and for all the destructive works of this enemy that is loosed and on the prowl. He's going to get rid, uh, he's going to rid the earth of the damage that, that sin has, has caused, and he's going to bring about final restoration. 
final restoration of all things to his great name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus' return will, will be both powerful and triumphant. It will also be both a time of sorrow and a time of rejoicing. You see, it will be a time of sorrow for those who, who did not believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God and, 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 and opened their heart to him and allowed him to come in and be their Lord. But it will be a time of rejoicing for those who have done that. Those who make up the family of God. Those who are his bride. You see, you need to know something this morning. That Jesus is coming back in all his glory. He is lovesick for those who have been brought into his family by faith. You see, he's coming back for you. Because he loves you. He's coming back for you. Because he loves you. And he longs for that day when, when, when we can be with him face to face, held back by nothing. He is so overjoyed to, to, to walk in relationship with you right now. But like you, here's the deal. He's longing for something greater. And like a bridegroom that, that patiently awaits during that marriage ceremony for the bride. Ah, oh, he's expecting and he's waiting for what is to come. Please hear my heart today. I'm not trying to scare anyone. I am not trying to, 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 to cause fear, to cause anyone to make any type of decision. I just simply want to present to you what's the truth. And a lot of times we don't like to talk about these types of things. We like to coddle and tickle ears and just make everybody feel good and, and, and pleasant. I just, listen, I, I just want to be honest with you today. God loves you. He wants to have a relationship with you right now. Don't miss out on the here and the now for something that's in the future. We don't know when that is. Man, God's got so much for you in this moment. And he loves you. And it's that great love that God has for us that is our source of hope. Listen, if I did not know how much God loved me, and if I just surveyed this, the happenings and the events that are going on around us, listen, it's hopeless, isn't it? There's not much to really get fired up and excited about in the world in which we live. And I just simply have to hold on and believe that God's ways are higher than mine and that he loves me. And that is the great hope. I have. I, I had a conversation with someone just recently that said, you know, I, I just got to be honest with you. And I love when people are honest with me. I can, I can handle honesty even when it flies against what I really believe. I can handle that. What, what's hard for me is when people try to pull one over on me, you know. This guy said, I just got to be honest with you. I just, I just think that death is, is there's finality with that. That's, you just, it just ends. I mean, you, you just, it could happen tomorrow. It could happen at 74.6 years, whatever. But, but that's just it. They put you in a box and you're buried and, and that's it. And, and my, my heart hurt. I was like, what hope is there in that way of thinking? There's none. I mean, it's miserable to think that. It, I'm, I'm always looking over my shoulder thinking it could happen right now. And there's no hope in that mindset. 
this is God's love is the source of hope that I possess. It is, it is his desire for, for final restoration on this earth. That, 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 that's what causes me joy while I'm here on earth. To know that he's going to restore everything. And, 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 and we were this, this morning when, when we left baptism earlier, I'm glad the camera was off because I was just, I'm just telling you, y'all, I'm weird sometimes. Just, just be, I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm okay with that. But I just was eat up with the joy of Jesus after baptism today. And I was just singing like, I sing this old, I just, I'm, I'm busting it. I don't care who's out there. I can beat most people up. I, I don't care what you say. I'm just singing. I just started singing every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. I mean, some of y'all know that, right? Pastor Gary, I was just eat up with it. And that's the joy I have that know that this is not it for me. There's more. There, there is a final restoration. There is joy that even in the midst of difficult times, that, that, that is mine, and it can be yours too. It's the joy that Jesus gives somebody. Church attendance doesn't give the joy I'm talking about. It's kind of boring sometimes. Let's just be honest, right? But I'm telling you, the joy that Jesus places, no one can take that from you. Man, what, the, what we experience here on earth is just a drop in the bucket of God's great love, the vastness of who he is. There is so much more. I, I love this verse in John chapter 14, verse 2. Jesus says, there is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? In verse 3 says, when everything is ready... I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. Hey, did you know something today? Jesus desperately wants you to be where he is. He desperately wants you to be where he is. If you're a believer, he's promised you a place in his kingdom. You, 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 and you can have hope that, 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 that all the suffering here, all the trials and temptations and, and heartache that you experience while you're here on earth, listen, all those things will pass away when he returns. Written within the promise uh, to, to return is this promise of a, a, life, a life that is lived free here. A life abundant, a life that is over the top, a life that can be delivered from all the destruction that sin has caused. Hey, did you know that you were created for heaven? That heaven was created for you. Listen, there are literally two places where we will spend eternity, heaven or hell. And you need to know that heaven is God's hope for every created human being. Hell was not created for people. Hell was created for the devil. God's plan and God's desire is that no human being ever spend eternity in hell. But heaven... And that's the hope you have. That's the opportunity we all have... The question is, what will you do with that? And you see, what you do with the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, everything about heaven or hell hinges on what you do with Jesus. Are you with me today? 
But you need to know that he desperately wants you to be where he is. You need to know that while we're here on earth, we're meant for relationship with our Savior, both here, now, but also in the age to come. And he's made a way for you to experience him both now and forever by the death and the resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. And your greatest joy should come from this truth today, that you're meant for a relationship with the Savior both here and now and in the age to come. All of eternity hinges on his promise to return. In fact, I believe that the imminent return of Jesus Christ is the real litmus test of where a person is spiritually. That, that, to me, that's really where it's at. The real litmus test, the imminent return of Christ, the, is the real litmus test for, of where a person is spiritually. What have you done with Jesus? If I have Jesus Christ in my heart, there's a joy that circumstances can't take away. Do I get saddened? Do I sometimes maybe become frustrated with what I see happen? Absolutely. But I just hang on and I know that deep down inside, there's a better day coming. Hmm. Well, if the return of Christ is imminent, what does that mean for us while we're here? Maybe the question is, how should we be living knowing that Christ could return at any moment? The, the Apostle Paul gives us great instruction in, in, in the Bible. Um, if you find the, the, the New Testament book of 1 Thessalonians, in 1 Thessalonians, Paul gives us incredible instruction about what that means and how we should be living in the here and now. He says this beginning in verse 6 of chapter 5. He says, therefore, let us not sleep as others do. Let us watch and be sober for those who sleep, sleep at night and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let all of us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet, the hope. Of salvation. Three things I love real quickly here that Paul says about how we should live. First of all, he says, we are to wake up. He says, let us not sleep as others do. Listen, when, when, when we're in a church where we're taught the word of God time and time again, we can become a little fat and sassy and lazy. You know that, right? There's some fat people in church today. We can become a little fat and a little sassy and a little lazy. But instead, what Paul is writing us in 1 Thessalonians, he says, hey, guys, listen, you need to stay alert. You need to stay woke. You need to be alert. We need to be awake. Listen, instead of being sermon connoisseurs, we need to be fishers of men. And a lot of us, I'm afraid, are just content to gather here and then just have a good 70 minutes and then we're good for the week. No, listen, there is more to it than this. Instead of just engorging ourselves once again with a stellar message, we need to get out and do something with what we've heard. Fishers, the men. Now, more, spoiler, more on that next week, right? But, but listen, we need to wake up to the fact that time is short, 
There's more to it than us just gathering here. There's a life to be lived out there. Come on, somebody. We need to wake up. We also need to sober up, Paul says. He says, let us who are in the day be sober. Hey, have you ever spent time around drunk people? It's horrible. How many of you have ever been drunk? Let me see. No, just kidding. Don't raise your hand. Somebody on the internet said, Duh, my mom. Listen, I can tell you that I do not want to be under the influence of anyone or anything but Jesus Christ. As I consider that his return could happen any moment. If there's anything I want to be filled with, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to wake up. We need to sober up. Paul says we need to suit up. We need to put on that breastplate of faith and love, that helmet and the hope of salvation. Listen, we're in a spiritual battle and it started that moment you said yes to Jesus and it's gonna rage on in your life until you get to heaven. That's why we talked about last week. You need to put on the full armor of God every day. Don't you just go into battle, oh, I got my sandals on. No, you need some other stuff on as well. It's a battle. We need to put it on, and it's going to rage on until Christ comes back. Listen, none of us know when he's going to return, but we do know how he desires for us to live right now. In fact, real quickly, instead of stressing over the day of judgment, I believe that Christ's followers should be striving to do, real quickly, three things. First of all, we need to love your neighbor. Scripture says that in Mark 12, 31, love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than this. And can I just tell you something right now? You probably all know somebody that if Christ were to come right now, would be left behind. They wouldn't be with us in glory. For some of you, it's someone in your home, family member. Maybe it's a neighbor, coworker, classmate, somebody you carpool with. Who is that? I tell you what, there, 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 there's no greater demonstration of love than for you to take time to see where someone is spiritually. If you care, you'll ask. Instead of worrying about the return of Christ, I think that we need to be focused and striving right now while we're here to, we need to, first of all, love our neighbor. Secondly, I think we need to care for the widowed and the orphaned. Next Sunday, you're going to have an opportunity to put some stuff into practice as we have an opportunity to, to sponsor some, some children in Guatemala. We've partnered with a little community down there for, for the last three years, and, and there are some more kids that they've identified that, that, that are in a hopeless situation. And we as a church have an opportunity to step up and bring a new family member into our family here. But caring for the widowed and orphan is something I think that we ought to be striving for. In fact, in what in James it says, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God. The Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing, refusing to let the world corrupt them. Hey, I just think it's time for us to say, hey, Satan, listen, you think you have them? Uh-uh, they're, they're, they belong to God, and I'm going to do something about it. We need to love our neighbor. We need to care for the widowed and orphaned. And, and I would say, lastly, we need to pursue holiness in Christ's name. Micah chapter 6, verse 8 says, The Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Guys, listen. As Christ's followers, 
We need to be living in such a way that we are ready for his return. We need to be living in such a way that every moment counts. One day, each of us, every one of us, we're going to be held accountable for how we spent our time, how we spent our resources, and, and what we did with our lives. Let's not waste them. Hey, live your life in such a way now that the preacher doesn't have to lie at your funeral. Some of y'all will it'll hit you in a few moments. You'll, but that's what we're to do. Let, 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 let's allow the anticipation of the Lord's imminent return to, to keep us on our toes spiritually. Let's allow it to motivate us to live godly lives. Amen? Hey, stand with me this morning, and, and I want you to bow your heads and, and, and close your eyes. Just, and I want to ask you some questions this morning. Our prayer ministry team are going to come join me up front. But I, let me just ask you a question today. This is, this is just for you. But are you ready for the return of Jesus Christ. Are you ready? Are you ready to step into eternity? I mean, if the rapture happened today, hey, those of you watching online, if the rapture happened right now, would you be ready to go? The Bible says that Christ is coming. For those who are watching and waiting. Does the thought of Jesus' return right now, does that make your heart leap? Or does that make your heart sink? You see, what you do with Jesus is so important. Have you ever come to that place in your life where you really believed, when you think of the cross of Jesus and him dying on the cross, that, that you really believe that he was the son of God and that what he did on the cross was your only hope of life abundant here on earth and life eternal with him in heaven? Have you come to that place where you realize that, that, listen, you were broken, you were a sinner, and there was no way that you could be forgiven or made right with a, a perfect God who loves you in heaven? There was no way you can make, be made right except through what Jesus did on the cross. And have you said, hey, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Would you come into my life, forgive me my sins, cleanse me, make me white as snow, and, and, and I want to begin to follow you and serve you the rest of my life. Have you done that? You see, your eternity hinges on that. And if you've done that today, your heart can leap when I talk about the return of Jesus. But for those of you that have never received Jesus as Lord and Savior, I just don't know how you live with that with no hope. And so here's what we're going to do today. My friends are down front today, and I'm going to pray. And if you're here right now as I'm praying, and you say, hey, I want Jesus to come into my life today. I want to give my life to him right now. I want to invite you to just step out right now. People are praying all over this room. They're going to make way for you to get out of that aisle. You come, and you find one of my friends down here. Come on, if you're here right now, and say, you know what? I need Jesus. You come right now. I'm praying for you. Father, I'm praying for that person right now that needs to release that death grip on that chair. They need to get out. They need to make their way down the aisle. They need to walk to somebody and say, hey, listen. 
listen, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I need the hope that is available through this life in Jesus Christ. Listen, if, if the Lord were to return right now, Jason, I would not spend any in, in heaven with him. I would. I don't know Jesus, but today I want to give my life to him. I, I want to say yes to him. I, I know that he died on the cross for me. And it's not just so that we could have another great Sunday celebration once a year, but he, he came to give me life every day. Life that is here abundant. And I want that. I'm tired of searching for life in all the wrong places. I want you to know, and I understand right now that it's found in Jesus. Come on, come see him. He's waiting for you today. He's here. Oh, and he wants to come into your life and change you. You don't have to bow the knee to him right now, but you need to know that every day, at one day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Just do it right now. Come on. Father, I also know that maybe there's someone here today that's just hurting. They're confused. Life has thrown them a curveball and beaten them up this week. I pray that they would know we stand ready down front today to also just walk alongside them in this time of difficulty. Lord, that we know a hope and we believe that, 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 that through what they're experiencing right now, it will not last forever, that God will deliver and he will restore what the enemy has broken. So I pray for that person today that they would come and find one of my friends down front and just say, hey, would you just pray with me? Here's what I'm going through. And God, I, we stand ready to encourage and support even in those situations as well. God, we love you. We thank you for Jesus, for the difference he makes in our lives. It's in his awesome name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. You're dismissed.